For all who comes to this goofy place, welcome. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode here on the Goofy Scoop Podcast. We have a special guest here today, Mike Scholl. I worked with this guy at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Mike, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit of, uh, about your backstory at the DCP and whatnot. Everyone. So yeah, like Grace said, or uh, like Jeff said, my name's Mike. Um, I did, I kind of have an interesting story to my college program. So um I'm also in the Air Force Reserve, and I originally had applied for the program for spring of 2018. And right when I finished my application and got my my uh, interview day, I found out I was being deployed to, well, deployed, I say, but I was being sent to England. So I did my interview like two days before I, before I left and was like, hey, oh, no. Like, this is happening and they're like oh yeah like that's fine just apply for the next semester so i was like all right um so i applied then and got it which was very cool but um yeah it just kind of it was weird because i was away from home for you know six months doing you know my military duty came home for like a couple weeks and then left again for for another uh six months or whatever it was um so it was a lot of, a lot of moving around and stuff like that. And a uh, little homesick, which kind of affected me a little bit, but it was still very cool nonetheless. And um, I worked at, at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios in merchandise and it was, uh, was very interesting. I really didn't feel like I really got to fully enjoy it until probably like the second half. Um, I think, uh, that's really about the time you and I started working together a lot more mm -hmm. and maybe that's a direct correlation. Maybe it's not, but, um, <laughs> we, so, um, as you know, listeners might know, uh, Jeff worked at the front of Hollywood studios, which is, um, Oscars and also Hollywood Boulevard. And for whatever reason, any, I was always getting put on working at Hollywood Boulevard, which was, um, Mickey's of Hollywood, Celebrity Five and Dime, and um, that other story, you know. Keystone, um, yeah. Keystone Clothers. Yeah, Keystone, yep. And I just, I don't know. I just, like, wasn't enjoying working at those places. And it just, like, it was it was weird. I don't know. And I never wanted to work in Oscars because they were always wearing, like, everyone always had, like, short sleeve shirt and shorts on. And I'm covered in tattoos. So I was like, I don't want to wear long sleeves and pants in Florida. So I always tried to avoid outside, it. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. And you're outside as well. So I always wanted to like avoid working there. And I don't know, I just kind of felt trapped, I guess. And someone, I don't remember who someone was telling me about wearing those like uh, sleeves, those like white, like, like compression sleeve things. And they have like make them that are like cool, like insulated mm -hmm. or whatever. So I like, I bought a bunch of them, started trying to swap out to work at um, Oscars and at like total 180 for like how I was experiencing the Disney college program. And it was, it was crazy. So um, yeah, that's, that's a brief little introduction, I guess. Um, and now yeah, it doesn't we, even make any difference. Like you can have your tattoos and it's, it's fine. That's, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. And you know what, as someone who has a lot of tattoos, I don't know how that makes me feel. Really? Yeah. 
yeah and that's probably you know probably not something you would expect but having to go through that I guess I I understood how the like why they didn't want anyone short because we're portraying what like uh Hollywood in the 1930s right mm-hmm. and um you how many people had a full tattoo sleeve in the 1930s right like no one yeah um very so very few very very few people right exactly so I understand I understand why that was a policy and I don't know I'm torn about it just to- yeah torn because I mean you're yeah like I don't up, but at the yeah, same so time like, you understood mm-hmm. why it was set like that maybe that's like the like military brain just being like okay like they tell you to do this so whatever just deal with it but yeah yeah I don't know how I feel about it I can totally. see that yeah, I, I was. That is a good point, though, because I do remember not really meeting you, or I guess having getting to have a full conversation with you until probably at least two and a half, three months into the program. And, and you obviously you are right. You worked at or on Hollywood Boulevard like the first half. All the time, I was only ever scheduled to work there. It was I don't know why, because I also like very obviously didn't like it either. <laughs> so. I just couldn't remember where things were all the time. I was constantly asking people for help. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I was always getting scheduled there. And like, I liked lifting things up and moving around and stuff. So I went, when like, I finally decided to work at Oscars, it just like, it, it was like perfect. I was always like doing the jobs no one else wanted to do. I'm like, oh, like, sure. I'll take out the garbage. I'll, you know, stack strollers for six hours. Like, Sure, I'll go walk around like whatever. Like, I was about to say, I was going to bring that up with stra- like stacking <laughs> strollers because we would have a board that we would look at on like mm-hmm. who's, you know, like who had the role for that night during the, the dump where the people would be mm-hmm. leaving the park after the night shows, whatnot. And every time I would see, I would either be the valet or stacker usually. Like mm-hmm. I was very, very rarely on the line or, you know, on the microphone because I think I was on the microphone maybe one time. Didn't even really like it till like the last five minutes when I started yeah. actually getting used to it. But mm-hmm. I would see your name as like a stacker. Or I would be a stacker with you. And I'd be like, yes, Mikey. Because like you, you were one we were, of the We were a solid mo- squad, dude. Yeah, and like we, would, we would communicate well too. Yeah, because there'd be some people. I'm not going to throw their names out there, but there would be some yeah. people where it's just like, come on, we're, we're stacking strollers. Why are you over there, you know, talking to people? Either they weren't engaged or just like physically just like didn't have just didn't have it and and that's fine you know but like that's everyone has their has their role mm-hmm. so yeah that was definitely like the stack and dream team not gonna oh lie. yeah 100 yeah mm-hmm. but uh yeah i think you mentioned with the microphone i'm pretty sure they were gonna have me do it one time and like i started yeah, talking and someone literally took it from me i was like yeah you're not doing this all right cool they're like go back to the strollers you didn't all hurt right. my feelings at all i'll be at the back <laughs> yeah, so 100 <laughs> yeah so no, when when it came to your uh, program, where which housing complex were you at? Because I, I don't remember. Chatham. Chatham? Okay. What did yeah, you think of Chatham overall? I liked it. And it's it's interesting. I know, like, you guys have talked about, like, the Flamingo Crossing and everything. So um, I liked it. Like, the, the gym wasn't good. I would always walk to Patterson to work out. I was like, I don't know. I have this weird obsession with going to the gym. So It's like, not a bad obsession it, at all. Like, yeah, but it like, so I would wake up in the morning, go to the gym, and that was fine. But as we all know, um, the four housing complexes have closed, and now they're just like apartments, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
one of my roommates and a couple of our friends that like we had made while we were on the program actually live in the same bit room that we had did the college program and they moved into Chatham and they live in the same exact room. So or like, you know, like whatever that we wait, that's weird. I was gonna say that's Isn't that weird insane? slash really, really cool because did they get yeah. to pick the apartment or like how was it? Like did, did was it more so like full... what's open or did they get to be like, can we have room, blah blah blah? I don't I don't fully know. Uh maybe I wasn't fully paying attention. I was like awestruck, like, oh, that's so sick that you guys get to do that. So I don't fully know the process, but I know that they somehow or maybe they're in the same building. I don't know if maybe it's the same exact room, but they yeah, they live there. And that's either way, awesome. that's close enough if it's the same building. Like it's still cool. Mm-hmm. Like you can and the layout's probably all still the same too. So oh, 100 percent Yeah. Yo, mm-hmm. I would move back to Patterson right now. Let's do it. Did Patterson so P- Patterson had the best gym, right? Because I'm not gonna lie, I it was better than Chatham, out. that's for sure. Patterson yeah, has I, the best everything, the best balcony mm-hmm. views, the, the pool best looked gym. really nice because the pool was right pool. outside the gym. Yeah, the best people lived there. Me, mm-hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, because can't the, argue with that logic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense. The, the college program stopped me, or it ended up causing me to stop working out just because mm-hmm. this. I stayed at Vista. Yeah, the gym was so small. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, I looking back, so I am the kind of person who always like, no matter what I do, I try to think about like maximizing the value of whatever it is. So like mm-hmm. my girlfriend and I, like we go on vacation to the parks or whatever. And I'll always be like, what do you want to do? I'm going to like plan it so that we do every single thing that you want to do so that we get mm-hmm. like the most. And she's sometimes she's going to be like, listen, like just chill. Like we're just, we're <laughs> going to be in Disney world. It's fine. Um, but like looking back, I feel like if I would have spent less time, like going to the gym in the morning, maybe like, oh, I'm going to spend the morning at like Epcot or like something that I think that would have been cool and you're still like you know you're walking around all day like in the heat so yeah i don't think those good walking cardio for sure that's what i did that's literally what i did i was at the parks every day anytime Mm -hmm. i was off i was in the parks i don't know how like i obviously like didn't track steps or anything but i know people said they they would walk like just at work they would walk miles and like miles and miles like one 100 because package mm -hmm. pickup after when i started working on my um extension i was package pickup and even on the walks it there'd be some shifts that i'd have like one walk maybe not even one walk and then there'd be shifts where i'd have three or four walks and just by doing that it just added like three or four miles and oh, yeah. if I I'd have to go get ice if I was stalking at park arrival, like take some like extra ice and put on your knees, huh? Yeah, it's, it's a quarter, <laughs> it's a quarter mile just to go to the ice machine, and then just another one quarter way. mile back. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean that's yeah. half a mile right there just to get mm-hmm. ice, and then then I have to go disperse the ice. Mm-hmm. So, but you're doing it at Disney World, so like there's worse places you could be like getting ice, walking a quarter mile. Oh, right? I was smiling the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely way worse things. Like the one thing that I think was my favorite thing about like work would be around the holidays when they would have, I I can't remember what it's called, but when they have the projection shows on the tower mm-hmm. and like, I can, I can just, I can like hear it like playing back in my head, just like, <laughs> doo-doo, 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 and yeah. like the, the Swedish chef and like, yep. it's that time of year. Like my name's Olaf and I like, please let me finish. And I like warm hugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, that would like make my day just walking outside and hearing that. Cause our break room for, um, I think it was a uh, five and dime was right 
like there you could hear it it was wonderful yep i was gonna say behind oscars and behind five and dime you could yeah exactly because they were right next to each other mm. mm-hmm. yeah i have a bad day it, it's funny that you say that because i i think during the holidays we had a love hate i i know i did and a lot of other people did i can't speak for you but there was a, a love hate relationship with that projection show on sunset boulevard i i had heard a lot of people say that they're like oh it's so repetitive and it's like mm-hmm. you know like i'm i'm sick of hearing uh the Muppets or whoever is on there, like uh um, 100%. Yeah. Who are the um the elves? Um yeah, uh what's what landing? Oh, oh prep and prep landing. Prep and landing. Prep and landing. There yeah. We go. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm sick of hearing these guys or whatever. But I'm like, I don't know. Like uh, this ain't getting old. Like this, they don't do this while you're uh you know launching airplanes in the desert. So I <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that was that was my biggest thing because as soon as you said yeah like the the noises and everything I like how Gray did the bells like we all did something different like Gray was like yeah. dun, dun, dun. everyone had a different thing they could associate with it but yeah, yeah. The bell, like how they start the thing uh-huh. yeah exactly and then mine mine is the for the frozen it's like dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. yeah dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. the but, Swedish uh, chef lives rent free in my brain oh yeah I don't understand it yeah I would just I would go home and just hum it or just like, hear whistle that it sleep, so I man. Sleep. yeah mm-hmm. it was bad love hate relationship with it for sure yeah definitely but yeah um i think that's pretty good for uh disney college program with with mike um mike you also did want to talk about another topic here on the goofy scoop podcast mm-hmm. which is disney's hollywood studios identity crisis which yeah. we, which we did touch up a little I, I think we like grazed the surface in a past episode. I think we should definitely go more in depth on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, is there like anything that you specifically wanted to get started with before Gray and I have questions for you? Because I know that yeah. you have a lot of notes and a lot of information <laughs> to to throw on us today. Yeah, I wanna I wanna start off by saying like Hollywood Studios is easily without without even it being close my favorite park hands mm-hmm. down. It always has been. It was the first park I visited when I was a kid. I have always Hollywood Studios has always been number one, um, and I think that's why I like am critical about it because like I want it to stay like the best, and I want it to be everyone's favorite. So, do you still I think like it is to... the best? Yeah. Okay. I was gonna well, say just because it's your favorite doesn't mean it's like the best. Okay. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Mike's getting real. He's gonna like yeah, jump into something. Know, like, know. He's like, should I say it? Should I not say it? It's hard. I mean, obviously, like I mean, you guys have talked to it uh, all the time. Like, it's hard not to say Magic Kingdom because it has the most stuff. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's but, like yeah. when you so, think of Disney World, you think of Magic Kingdom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like it's the it's the centerpiece, mm-hmm. and not only that, but it's like well yeah it's been there the longest it's got the most things it's what everyone thinks about um so it's hard not to say and that's like where ideas have like come off of like hey like this is something good let's turn and do this but i don't know it's not my favorite it's not my least favorite but i i don't know i can't answer that (laughs) can't answer one of the simplest questions and mike is already (laughs) somewhat stumped on how to answer yeah I don't know if it's, I don't know if Hollywood studios is the best. Well, that's, so that's what we're going to get into is the, like, you know, what, what has made me say, I don't know. Yeah. Or like the fact that we want to talk about why there is identity crisis for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. All right. Well, lay it on us, jump into it. All right. So <clears throat> clear my throat. So <laughs> in 
1984, this goes back. Um, that's the year where uh, Michael Eisner and Frank Wells were appointed the chairman and COO of the um, Walt Disney World, or well, of Disney. And Michael Eisner, it was the first time they had people from outside of the company take over. And um, Michael Eisner came from Paramount Pictures while Frank Wells came from Warner Brothers. So they brought different perspectives into, you know, the Disney parks or the Disney company, I should say. And so there's a like rumor or well, I don't know if you want to call it rumor, I guess, where when Eisner was working for Paramount, he was in the meeting for the original pitch for Universal Studios Florida. Okay. And so he like had that idea in his brain already because it was already pitched at his previous place of employment. Um, then when he came to Disney, they had an idea to make another pavilion at Epcot that was based on um, like th the movies, I guess, like or like shows or like um, screenplays, something like that. And it was it was a studio pavilion, basically. They were gonna call it at Epcot. And he's like, you know, in his brain, having this, you know, idea of like the competition, he's like, why don't we just make a whole nother park? This is a great idea. Let's instead of making it just a pavilion at a park we already have, let's make it a whole its whole new park. Which was a great idea. Yeah, it's incredible, hands down. So the original concept of Disney's MGM Studios, for those of you that may not know, was that it was supposed to be a working studio and Hollywood backlot tour. Um, they produced, this is where the notes come in. They produced uh, <laughs> stuff such as The Lottery with Bette Midler. Um, these are movies, Splash 2, Ernest Saves Christmas, and the new Mickey Mouse Club at the time. And here's a little trivia question for you, Jeff, because I used to tell this, use this trivia question at the parks all the time when I worked there. There were three Disney animated films that were fully produced at Hollywood Studios. Do you guys know what they are? I don't. He said, I don't even have a clue. No, I, I've, I have no watched, idea. I don't even want to try. I just watched something on Disney Plus that mentioned one of them. Is okay. Well, actually, let me let me ask a quick question, real quick, to okay, possibly sure. be able to answer. Is this right. back when it was MGM and it was a working? Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. then I've no yeah. idea. So the three movies are Mulan. Lilo and Stitch and Brother Bear. Okay. Wow. And they actually and they actually stopped producing movies there like shortly after Brother Bear came out. So I don't know if those are directly correlated. Did Brother Bear flop because they stopped caring about that experience at the park? Are those two things related at all? That I don't know. I can't answer. I was Brother say, Bear is I, highly underrated though. I know. I always I forget agree. about Brother Bear. Brother Bear. Yeah, that's a really good movie. It is, is really it, good. Since we're kind of on the topic as well, I don't know if somebody was pulling my leg. Maybe you heard, Mike. Was Moana made in Ops? I, I want to say it's Ops 2 or Ops, Ops 3. 3, I think. Was Moana made back I, have, then? I don't know. I heard that rumor too. I don't know if that's a real, if that's true or not. I really don't. Because from my understanding is that they have, they totally shut down those operations at, and now it's just the theme park okay um but i could be wrong 
So someone fact, don't come at me, you know, too much. That's wrong. <laughs> You're the but one with I, all the I, facts. Nobody's coming at me. I don't, I don't have all the facts because I, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know I about did, I do remember hearing that rumor though. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I, I know I'm not crazy for hearing that. I just didn't know if they were pulling my leg or not. But yeah, I didn't know about Mulan, Lilo, and Stitch and, and Brother Bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and also originally the park was only supposed to be like a half day experience where you would literally just tour you know do like a backlot tour and then i guess every time and this is from i guess before i go on my uh citations for where a lot of this information came from is uh a he couple so youtube ready. channels a couple youtube channels yes the world defunct land and theme park history but also um great you already brought it up was the imagineering story on disney plus mm-hmm. was where i got some of this information too and in the imagineering story they talk about how eisner was there all the time um, just like, you know, checking the progress in the park or whatever. And I guess every time he would go there, they'd have another idea of like, oh, let's add this, let's add that, whatever, which is what turned it from a half day experience to like a full theme park. And then, um, not super related, but kind of, um, but in 1987, which is before when the park opened was when Disney partnered with Lucasfilms to create star tours at Disneyland, which they then later brought in, which is one of the projects that they added to Hollywood Studios, which opened on December 15th, 1989. Now, okay. again, going back, um, oh, well, it was a soft opening December 15th, May 1st, 1989. Wait, hang on. Uh, oh, hang on. May 1st, 1989 is when the park opened. Star Tours at Walt Disney World was December 15th, 1989. Okay. So, notes were a little off there um no worries but yeah so i guess the last thing i want to start off with before getting into the issues or whatever is what the um original the uh dedication plaque under the uh the cameraman statue that's in that's almost like at the center of the park Mm -hmm. um this is what eisner had said when the park opened The world you have entered was created by the Walt Disney Company and is dedicated to Hollywood. Not a place on a map, but a state of mind that exists wherever people dream and wander and imagine. A place where illusion and reality are fused by technological magic. We welcome you to a Hollywood that never was and always will be. And I find that very touching. But that really, like, I don't know if, you know, when y'all had been to the park or not the first time, but that's really what it was. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You had all these, you know, the backstage stuff and the great movie ride, which incredible, which literally took you into the movies. Like it it really was. And the the citizens of Hollywood, that was, it was all about Hollywood and shows and stunts and all this other stuff. Coming from a broadcasting background, I've always loved studios like for that reason, mm-hmm. like seeing the behind the scenes camera work and how they do different stunts and all that kind of stuff. And as studios gets farther and farther away from that, it like really disappoints me. Um, but I also like some of the new stuff that they brought in. So I was like, eh. yeah, I, I, I understand. I know the feeling. <laughs> so I noticed you have your Galaxy's Edge shirt on. how do you feel about how do you feel about about that fun fact i don't like star wars at all 
<laughs> I'm not okay. a Star Wars fan. Yeah. I think Galaxy's Edge is cool, but like I'm not a Star Wars fan. Uh-huh. I have this t-shirt. I put it on because it's the only shirt that I have that's like something in Hollywood Studios. But also, <laughs> okay, um, this was like a cast member special shirt thing okay, when cool. we were yeah. there. Um, because that's when Galaxy's Edge opened. And so I was like, oh, I want that. Um okay. So, like, that's what this is. But, yeah, I actually don't like Star Wars at all. So, I personally think Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is a waste of time and a waste of money. Um, I'm going to have to agree Rise with you Rise of Resistance is cool. It's, like, a good ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, eh. Uh, I, think, I think the land is very immersive. I think they did a really good job with that. But, as like, I have no idea what's going on. I've seen the movies. I don't understand them. I don't. I can't get into them, so it's like not something exciting for me. I know I'm gonna get canceled for this, but it's just like <laughs> I don't get it. Um, so to me, that was a waste. Uh, but on the other side, I do love Toy Story Land. Oh, me too. Toy like, Story Land is incredible, yeah. bro. Woody's lunchbox, man. so good, right? Amazing. But anything you get there, you get the you get the lunchbox tart fire you get the tachos. You get the. I just had the last time I was there. It was some people were telling us to get the um. The grilled cheese and the, and the tomato soup. A simple Man. grilled cheese and tomato soup from Woody's Lunchbox <laughs> is like, it's Amazing. so good. It doesn't make for sense. No Why is it so at good? All. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Um, but also, like, just like the the small, like the details in it. So, like, you can see giant footsteps in, like, because you're supposed to be in the, you know, Woody's backyard. So you see giant footsteps. And, um, like this, the, the everything is supposed to be made to scale so that you literally feel like you're a toy, mm-hmm. which I've, I've heard the things criticized about Toy Story Land, but I really think Toy Story Land is more immersive than Galaxy's Edge. I, oh, I'm wow. also not, I'm also not a fan of Galaxy's Edge. I, yeah. we just recently got back. I was on a work trip in Tampa. So I was like, okay, we'll drive to Orlando. I have, yeah, you had to sneak day. over there for at least a day. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, I had I had a uh, two days off. I'm like, I, if I'm gonna do Disney, I want to like you know not be rushed or anything. So we went to Universal, yeah. and I got to experience the the Harry Potter stuff that's over there, and that kind of solidified that I don't think Galaxy's Edge is that cool. Okay, because like even you know that the Harry Potter and that's you know it's not perfect, but it's very immersive and like yeah. the ride. There's there's one extra ride. There's, you know, you can do the the wand experience, which it's way less money and you can actually do stuff with the wand. Whereas like I have my $200 lightsaber, which now you have to pay for the, uh, the um, bag that it comes in or whatever, like, which mm. when I got it, you, you didn't have to. So that was like a, you know, an extra gift, but you can't like, what am I going to do? Run around and start hitting people with lightsaber in the park. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I, I guess I you, I could do that, but then there goes Mike again. I will yeah. say, I think, I think Disney puts a lot into like things that you have to go out of your way to do. Um, like I just recently went to Disney, and one of the things that like came up on the resort TV thing was like in Galaxy's Edge, make sure you download the Disney Play app so you can oh, interact yeah. with like, and I was like. I don't really care about Star Wars. I'm not going to do that. But I think Disney relies a lot on like, oh, they have the Disney Play app so they can do mm-hmm. all these extra things. But like, that's going to kill my phone battery, which like yep. I'm trying to save it for pictures and video. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not wasting that. I've never used the Disney Play app. No. I've yeah, never I never have. And while we were discussing Galaxy's Edge, 
with, and with Mike bringing up the whole wand scenario at and Harry Potter's world or Harry Potter's yeah Harry Potter's world at Universal Studios, why can't they do something similar when it comes to Galaxy's Edge? And so, you could buy something okay, so. like a wristband or something that you can put on your hand. And instead of using a wand, you can do the force and it'll trigger something in the area. Like why, why can't Call this guy. Like that? Idea. Call this guy. We yeah. get Jay back on the phone. <laughs> um, I want Iger. I'll, no. I'll talk to Iger. <laughs> the, um, now, so one thing that is, I guess shouldn't be super, super critical because I guess the droids can interact with each other and also interact with things in the park as well which is really cool i don't i've never seen it happen and i don't totally know how it works but still a droid's like over 100 bucks too so Mm -hmm. and at least you can do stuff with it but to bring it back to like originally where this was coming from too is like galaxy's edge cool it's immersive same way with toy story land but like hollywood studios is behind the scenes Right. But now being in these immersive lands, you are You're in it in the stories mm-hmm. rather than watching them from the outside of how they were created, um, which I think is interesting and different. That's that's a, say, do you think that that's a good take on it? Or do you think that, I mean, with the whole identity crisis, do you think that that is a good direction to go and they should slowly change the whole park to go that way? Or should it kind of keep that nostalgia back lot? Hey, this is how we do this. This is how we do that scenario and like taste for family fun that's certainly a more optimistic way to look at it which i guess i had never considered um or never like put deep thought into um so that i mean that is a good a good point i wrote something down where uh there was uh, oh you know what it was um in 1996 was when the theme park really started to change um, from the like actual, you know, behind the scenes and stuff to just, uh, they changed the theme to experiencing the magic of, of movie making. So, and it's um, in wherever I saw that they had mentioned that the, um, the, the rise of DVD bonus features actually kind of out outdated the behind the scenes stuff where you could you know you could see and and even now more than ever like you go on disney plus and you're watching the book of boba fett and then after the episode the next thing is like watch the behind the scenes of how this episode was was you know made so i guess that that's a good point is maybe they're trying to by also boosting doing experiencing those things on their streaming service which they're pumping a ridiculous amount of money into oh yeah um you can see all that stuff from home and then go experience like the the product of that in the park that's a good point okay so let's talk about something that like kind of does both and is like at this point the park icon um the hollywood tower hotel I think when you like are first going like on the Tower of Terror, you get the like, this is the story. This is what happened. You are watching it. You are behind the scenes. And then it's like, just like that happened. Now let's put you on the elevator and see what happens. So it like kind of does both, which I think is interesting. And especially since now um, Tower of Terror has become the icon of this park. You, Thank you God. can't. Yes. Like you can't get away from either. Like you have both the... Mm-hmm thrilling side of being in the story but also like a little bit of behind the scenes 
stuff. You pretty much just described why uh, the Tower of Terror is the best Disney ride. Yes. And I will I die on that hill. Disagree, but when it, when it comes to, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to theming, interacting with actually riding, they nailed it with Tower of Terror. Now, is it and, my favorite and, Disney ride? No, but when it comes to theming mixed with riding the actual attraction, yes, by far, Tower of Terror. I will die on the hill with. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying favorite, not favorite. It's the best Disney ride because it has every ele- every element of what you want a good Disney attraction to be. It has it. It has the storytelling. It has the the immersion. It it has a little bit of dark ride elements to it, and then it also has that excitement. Oh um, yeah, there's probably a lot of other things. Okay, that I'm forgetting so that other than other than like the adrenaline from like the actual drop, which I despise, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I also feel like a million times, and I'll say it yeah. a million times more. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's like Mickey's Runaway Rail, Mini, Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway. I just recently rode that for the first time. And I felt so in the story. Like from the pre-show going into the ride throughout the entire ride. It doesn't have the adrenaline that mm-hmm. Tower of Terror has, but it, I yeah. feel like it still has the immersion to it. Um, and I guess like the adrenaline thrill-seeking part is like what makes it like a little bit stronger. But I feel like there are other newer rides that are really putting you into that. Um, I think Ratatouille's Remy's Adventure, whatever it's called, that I haven't done yet. And I was just saying, I get to very, very excited to it's experience that because I, pretty like, good. I have heard that it is incredible. Like you said, the immersion it puts you in there. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think Universal gets criticized for a lot is how it relies, and Disney kind of does too, relies too heavily on the screen projections, yeah, in their interactions as opposed to you know, kind of. They kind of ditched the date that brought them to the dance, so to speak, where it was, you know, rides like Pirates and Haunted Mansion that had hundreds of animatronics and like physical set pieces involved in something where Ratatouille I, has a balance of the both. I oh, think, yeah. unfortunately, Disney, is, a lot of their newer rides are going that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Mickey and Minnie's is like a lot of screens. Remy's is a lot of screens which doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing no it's not a bad thing and I think it's easier Mm -hmm. to do attractions that way you get a lot more like you can build that so quickly um like a lot faster than actually physically building the things but I also don't want like every single ride to be the same layout just like a Mm -hmm. different picture on the movie screen that's happening right yeah and that's where like that immersion like you were talking about comes into place like I've seen like glimpses of ride throughs for Ratatouille where, mm-hmm. you know, there's these giant screens that kind of do like the basically like the background or, or whatever it is. Yeah. But there's also giant set pieces that like, mm-hmm. you know, make it feel just as much physical like you're there. Yeah, that's true. That just kind of like supplement the, the screen. So it's not yeah. just a screen with you in front of it. Right. Um, because yeah that's and and i mean with the way technology is too like why would you not want to utilize something that moves so fluid yeah yeah. i can see that stuff you know but um yeah i think um unfortunately and i think y'all had mentioned this in the past where um because the great movie ride was such a beloved attraction it makes it extremely difficult 
for people to accept making a Minions Runaway Railway. And I am definitely guilty of that because like the oh, yeah, movie me too. ride was, was so, so it's for someone like my girlfriend never experienced it. So me trying to like explain to her and just like, no, nah, this ride, cause she, she likes making a Minions ride. It, like, how can you not? It's cute. It's cute. It's fun. Oh, yeah. Whatever. It's a great but ride. It's yeah. just like, it's not a great movie ride. And she's like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. it's hard to like, you know, explain that. Yeah. Well, see like the first time I ever rode Mickey's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway, right? It was during my, one of my lunch breaks. I don't remember if it was like a 30 or 15, but it was like so before, before COVID. Yeah. On okay. my program. Yeah. Like yeah. during your my, lunch break. What? Yeah. One what of my kind of life did we live? It, what kind of job what? can you have? But you're just like, yo, I'm about to take, I'm about to take my 30 minutes. I'm about to go just ride Mickey and Minnie's. Well, see, it was, back. it was great because <laughs> I was in, I, I, I want to say I was in take five and one of my, just in case they get, I don't want to get them in trouble, but I won't say names. So it was one of my leaders and two of my coordinators. And they're like, hey, Jeff, we're about to go ride the new ride before it opens. Like, do you want to go with us? Yeah, absolutely. I would be an idiot if I said no. You know, like yeah, I can eat a yeah. sandwich later. Mm-hmm. So I went with right. them and rode That's it. True. And I remember the whole time sitting there going, wow, this is really cool. But I missed the great movie ride. Yeah. And once I got off of that ride, they were like, what did you think? Like, we love it. It's so great. And I remember telling them, it's a great ride, but it's not the great movie ride. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like so at let, what cost? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you do the same thing when you walk into Toy Story Land or Galaxy's Edge and you're like, oh, this is great, but it's not the backlot tour. Oh, this is great, but it's not the stunt show. No. Like, uh, no. okay. So is it because like Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land are like completely brand new things or like or is it because like Mickey and Minnie's is, is a different ride it's something new but it's like still in the exact like same building and everything kind of like still reminds you of the great movie ride um and so I feel like it's hard to like keep going get away from that because it, it was all the reminders iconic. are still there. It's right. hard to, it's really hard to break up with that nostalgia because there's such mm-hmm. a, um, like an emotional connection there for me when it comes yeah. to the great movie ride. Like I remember, yeah. you know, like sitting in my mom's lap or like sitting in my dad's lap when I was super young, you know, like six, seven years old and riding it for the first time. And then, you know, it's like four or five trips after that. That would be one of the attractions that we would look forward to sitting yeah, in a row of us four. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember the last time I rode the great movie ride. It was right before I, I went on my first deployment. The uh, military has a program called the Yellow Ribbon Program where they basically send service members to these conventions to kind of like educate them on the deployment process. And the the pre-deployment one I went to was in Orlando. Brought my mom because like I was, you know, I was young, single at the time and still living at home. And um so I was like, okay, like we're going to be in Orlando. Let's go to the, my mom loves Disney. I love Disney. Like, let's go. And um, yeah, we, that was like, that was the first, we like ran there when, yep. when we could go to Hollywood mm-hmm. studios and yeah. it was, yeah, it was, it was sick. It's hard to put that down. I actually have a story about the, um, the Chinese theater specifically. Um, you guys may or may not know this. I don't, I learned this on my college program. I don't remember if it was and on with the show or if um i think i know where you're going with this I, if if it is what you're going to talk about it is definitely on with the show 
Okay, yeah. And it's because I already it knew actually, it before like, it actually, on with the show, and okay. then I heard it on with the show, and I was like, confirmed. I was like, I, I didn't I, know that, but like this story made me like it got me a little emotional. So, um, for those of you that may not know, the Chinese theater at Hollywood Studios is almost a direct replica to the um Grauman's Chinese theater in Hollywood. There's a couple things that they did a, a little bit different so that I don't know they wouldn't get in copyright I guess contract. Yeah. yeah something like that they had to make things just a little bit different on the outside um one of the things that they uh themes that they kept was keeping um handprints and signatures in the pavement in front of the in front of you know the, the building and there's a lot of different ones there's you know Disney legends there's different legends of Hollywood um, but there's also like, you know, Mickey and Minnie and like Donald Duck and like Jim Henson and Kermit the Frog. But there's also real life people. One of those people um, has theirs done only at Hollywood Studios and refused to get theirs done in Hollywood, which is Audrey Hepburn. So is this is this it, Jeff? No, I thought you were going to tell a different story, but I'll go ahead and let okay. you tell your story and then I'll, okay. I'll clarify with what I thought you were going to talk about. Okay. So apparently Audrey Hepburn was never invited to get her handprint done at the um, original Chinese theater in Hollywood for whatever reason, I'm not sure, but Disney had asked her to do hers at Hollywood studios. And she was so moved by that, that it, and it was such an emotional thing because she was being recognized for it that, you know, she, you know, did it. And it was a whole thing. She was like happy, crying, whatever. And refused afterwards, it got so much publicity in like the paper and whatever that the um, original Chinese theater was like, oh, like they like had to get it back. Like, oh, we need to go. Of do course. This yeah. Making us look real bad. And she refused to do it because she was like, no, nah, like I already have my handprints done at Disney. So like, I'm good. Yeah. That's yeah. Really which awesome. I honestly, I forgot about that story until you mm -hmm. just told it. Um, yeah. But no, I thought the, I thought the story that you were going to talk about was how the original Chinese theater in California had a mishap, like a fire. And then they had That's to borrow thing too, yeah. the blueprints mm -hmm. from Disney to rebuild the Chinese. I thought that was the story that you were going to tell, but yeah, the Audrey. Oh, that's Hepburn a good story. point too. Yeah, the Audrey, the Audrey Hepburn story. That's a that's a really really cool story. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't remember who it was. I did have to look that up on the internet because I couldn't remember. I'm like, oh, I, th I I know who it is. I th I thought it was someone else who I'm not going to mention because I feel very embarrassed that I thought it was this person. Yeah. But um, I I couldn't remember. I had to do a little bit of digging. But yeah, I remember hearing that story. I think it was it on with the show. Um. But yeah, that was that was very cool, and it just kind of shows the impact that the the company in general just has on society. Oh yeah, where well, it, us you know, us three can prove that they've had an impact on us for sure. Yeah, three yeah, people from three different places in the country just like sitting here talking about it, right? Yeah, I mean, it impacted yeah. us enough yeah. to to meet up on a on Zoom and <laughs> and on a podcast and and talk about it. Exactly. But yeah, back to the you know like the the crisis and everything. It, Gray and I have definitely talked about it, but I want to get your input and your feedback and in your opinion, what things would you change that's going on in Hollywood right now? Like if they, an attraction, a show, whatever the situation is, I mean, what would you want to change or, or what would you want to keep? What do you think is a good thing? What do you think is a bad thing? Um, so 
basically everything before like the Chinese, well, I like the Chinese theater, but everything before that slash like before the launch bay have to keep. It's, it's amazing. The theming when you first walk into, even like when you're waiting outside and you see those green, I don't know what they're called, the structures, stands, I like, like walk the, through to get to. Like yeah. with the bus stops and everything. Yeah. Like all of like, that's similar structure. You see that and you're just like, oh, yep. uh, this is amazing. It gets me fired up. Like I, I'm pretty sure Ashley takes videos of me when I'm over there waiting because I get like jacked up. Dude. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, but like that stuff is amazing. And the, th- and the theming is so spot on. I remember not to get too off topic, but I remember it was we were doing a, um, a parking lot walk one time. We're coming back from it. I weirdly um, loved those. They were awesome. Like it wasn't as cool as in the park, but it was still cool. Excuse me. And uh, there was like a maintenance guy like sitting on the curb or something like that. And I walked up and I was like, oh, like, sir, do you need help? Are you all right? Like what's going on? He's like, oh yeah, I'm just painting the curb. And I'm like, what? You're painting the curb? (laughs) He's like, he's like, oh yeah, I have a whole checklist of like stuff I have to paint every night. There's stuff I have to paint every other night. There's stuff I have to like do every, every three days. Like, and I just, the level of detail is incredible but um like all that stuff have to keep um you have to keep the beauty and the beast show at the um I, amphitheater what i don't remember i don't the remember the name of the theater i can tell you exactly yeah. where it's at i don't know the name of it same uh, i wonder if i have it written down interesting fact about that is i guess the day that the beauty and the beast show released on broadway is actually the same day that it released in in theaters oh yeah oh i didn't know that no yeah so very interesting it's weird that they would do that but that but that broadway show actually was the inspiration to start disney on broadway because it was so successful Mm. okay but um Anyway, so that Fantasmic is the best nighttime show, so you have to keep that. Um, oh, I saw Real, you. Yeah, as a, you got a you got a quick response <laughs> out of me. I got to ask this: H E A, Happily Ever After, or Fantasmic? If one had Fantasmic. to go, which one's going? Fantasmic's got to stay. Fantasmic's got to Fantasm- stay. Fantasmic is my favorite show, and that not saying I don't like Happily Ever After because that. Happily ever after they brought me to my knees a few times, but like <laughs> that, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, it, there has to be some sort of like childhood nostalgia with me and Fantasmic because that show, and like, I see it like, like when, when my girlfriend and I go to see, watch it too, like the same thing, like she thinks it's just so incredible. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And now with it coming back, there's rumors that the, the, um, maleficent the dragon is not just going to be a hat on a cherry picker it's going to resemble that of the disneyland one where they have a full dragon animatronic oh wow okay which will be incredible if that's the case because the venue is just super cool the music is awesome like the story is amazing it's inspiring like yeah you, you got you i listen to it i listen to it all the time when i need to get into my happy place or i need to get into the zone i, I listen to the finale and um yeah so fantasmic always helped my mood especially when i when we were working there you mm-hmm. know because i would always get a little bit well not always but if i did get frustrated working at oscars you know 
and I've just be kind of like upset or a little grumpy because I had a, a, a bad guest that I had to deal with or, you know, maybe just wasn't like the best setting or the situation that night, whatever, whatever it was. I would go back and have like a 15 and I would hear Fantasmic, you know, before the dump happened, before right. everybody started leaving. And it's like, da, 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 da. It's and I was like, I just find like myself like, it. it's like, you know, I'm like mm-hmm. frowning, like making an ugly face. And it's like, next thing you know, I'm like smiling back. You just see Sorcerer Mickey with his hands like this. You're just like, oh, yeah. I, like it can be worse. 100%. Um, I also really, obviously I would bring the great movie right back. And I'm not saying that I would want Mickey and Minnie's to like go away, but I, I just don't think it fits there. I feel like it would fit. So like, at Disneyland, they're putting it in Toontown. And like that makes perfect sense. Like, like of course, Mickey makes and Minnie would have, would have their own attraction at Magic Kingdom. And like, of course, they would have it in Mickey's Toontown, which they don't have it at Walt Disney World anymore. But like it just it, it doesn't seem like it fits. They just like needed something to put there. And that was just like, I feel like maybe the powers that be thought oh well if we put a mickey mouse ride there maybe it'll soften the blow that we got rid of this ride that people like maybe maybe not i don't know um i also really like the i would like to see it go back to like you know i was about to say maybe i'd like to see it go back (laughs) to how it was but then i i just thought of what grace said about toy story land and i love toy story land and I love that they're like, you know, trying to build that up. They're building a restaurant at Toy Story Land now, like the, the Roundup Barbecue or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that where that's going is like, you can literally see where the um, animation studio was from there. So like keeping that would kind of put the kibosh on the studio. So which they haven't, that. they're not making a pizza planet, which kind of bothers me, which I understand it's from like Andy's backyard you know it doesn't so like, fit of course you're not gonna in, have but pizza planet back there but it's kind of like that, you could easily just like walk through the gate and jeff have it jeff it's also because we do not need another pizza place in disney world that there are like 400 of them Rizzo's. we're fine yeah if i may i have a <laughs> lot to say maybe not a lot but i have things to say about uh the muppet area of i'll Wayne probably Studios. agree with you so the, I guess this kind of goes into what we're talking about of what would stay, what would go. So apparently when um, Disney originally partnered with Jim Henson to do the Muppets um, in the parks, obviously Muppet Vision and whatever. I don't even know what that area of the parks even called, um, honestly. So Grand Avenue. Fake fan right here. Grand Avenue. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like that was going to be its own land not just grand avenue but it was going to be its own whole thing they were supposed to have a full service restaurant where your food would be served to you from rats dropping it down from the ceiling maybe maybe i don't have that fully accurate but your food would be served to you from like you getting it like dropped down to you from the ceiling um, they should do that in France at Epcot because was, yeah, yeah with, with Remy that would be yeah. sick. Um, but uh, I mean, doing that in the '90s like very difficult to probably yeah. do the technology. But there was supposed to be a full restaurant, a quick service location, and two more or two rides in addition to um, 
Muppet Vision 3D. There That's was a lot going of to be, there was gonna be a Muppets version of the Great Movie Ride. <laughs> and yeah, so it was gonna that would have be been based, good. That would it would have been like almost I, I don't know if it would have been the same thing or not, but it would have been that, but every everything would have been like Muppets characters yeah. instead Muppet of Muppetized like or however you want to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Muppetized. Which is like would have been i think that would have been so funny and would have been so cool to do um and then there was going to be a roller roller coaster of like like muppets race through whatever maybe based off one of the movies i don't know but um i definitely think seeing that would have been very cool because that that section of the park has always just been like to me it's so weird like because I've never, I've never had pizza right. risos before. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why have this whole section for a show that most people go to and sleep in? Yep. It's like a, it doesn't it, make sense. It's an air conditioning break, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've definitely napped in Muppet Vision before, and I don't oh. feel bad about it. Like, oh, I, yeah. love, I love the show, but I've definitely <laughs> taken naps in there. <laughs> I thought I was going to agree with you. I, I didn't agree with you, though. Okay. I'm not, because I'm not big on Muppets, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, I was telling, um, I believe I mentioned this in a past episode. I, I I can't keep up anymore. I can't imagine these these guys that have like 500 episode podcast and then Gray and I have Don't repeat themselves. Yeah, yeah, we're in like the <laughs> teens. And it's like I don't remember half of the stuff we talk about in the in past episodes. Mm-hmm. Do you, Gray? Do you do you end up forgetting? Uh, yeah, Normally. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, where I was getting at was. I think that they should change it to an Avengers campus. They can't. I've told you this before. I know. I don't remember <laughs> why, but I want them to change no. it to Avengers. It's campus. it's because of the the contracts of, with the, Universal. Yeah. And you know what? I I can't I love superheroes. I love superheroes. Spider I saw Spider-Man No Way Home and I was dangerously close to it bawling my eyes out in that movie fantastic movie um that being said i like what universal has with their superhero island i think it's so sick like walking through that comic strip area yeah yeah it's so cool and when i think of like superheroes and you know comics and stuff like that that's kind of what i want i don't know how i would feel grant now I can't judge or say I would dislike or whatever because, excuse me, I haven't experienced the Avengers campus. So I can't say like, oh, that's stupid. I don't like this, whatever. I don't know how I would feel about doing it in like a quote real life thing because I like the nostalgia of thinking like, oh man, like when I was eight years old eating cereal, watching, you know, Spider-Man and X-Men on TV when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, that's what I want to experience. But that is an interesting point where if, if they were to, if whatever the contract that Universal has with Marvel ends up, you know, canceling or whatever, or Universal decides to move on from that and Disney were to bring it in, that probably would be like the place to, to do it. It would, it would be the place that makes the most sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I will say, so I've been to Disneyland, seen um, Avengers Campus, and I think it's really cool. I'm a huge Marvel fan, um, so I really do enjoy it. But the only thing is I just feel like it's like they call it the Avengers Campus because they don't have anything else to call it. And it's just like a big hodgepodge. It's like, oh, we have a Spider-Man ride and a Guardians of the Galaxy ride and 
Black Widow and Captain America fight the Taskmaster sometimes. And here's Pim's test kitchen. And they're all friends. Yay. And it's like, well, like, they're technically the same universe, but they don't, like, it doesn't They don't always mingle with each other. Well. Like, yeah. You can tell it's like, we just have this stuff here. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's I, kind of like, eh, like it's a big hodgepodge. Um, I've never been to Universal, so I don't know um, what that stuff is, but I'm, I feel like it's probably better. The Universal stuff is is very cool. Again, it, it is kind of like a lot of stuff just thrown together, but it works in a way because in the comic book world, all those characters do all mingle with each other. Mm-hmm. Like there are comic books where, you know, like Spider-Man fights Doctor Doom or like, you know, the X-Men fight MODOK or like, you know, the Hulk and Spider-Man team up, whatever. Um, there's, I mean, comic book, the comic books have been around for so long. There's a million different scenarios where there's not that lack of continuity where, uh, whereas the MCU been around forever, but we haven't seen all these characters like personally interact with each other as much. So that's where the confusion would be. I've heard a lot of very negative things about the Avengers campus, which like I said, I, I don't. I don't know. I can't comment on for certain, um, but I have heard the Pim Test Kitchen is very cool, and the food is good, and that's yeah, cool. I agree. I agree with all of those things. Um, I just think it's like a weird way to do it, but I like it. Like I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Um, but to bring it back to like the original topic here, um, if you brought in something new like Avengers Campus, would you want it to be more of a thrill thing, like with rides and exciting things, which is where Hollywood Studios kind of seems to be going? Or are we still looking for more of the behind the scenes, like studio type of like old stuff? Like what, it, what is the final consensus of what do we think, where it is, where it's going, where it has been? I like your idea that you had brought up in the beginning, transitioning from seeing the behind the scenes to putting you into the movie. I mean, I know, you know, every park is supposed to be immersive, but the th- having the Hollywood studios theme being here are our, you know, very well-known movie franchises that you can be a part of. I think that's a really cool idea. So I guess it would be having but see something i don't like about galaxy's edge and maybe this is something that could be you know uh fixed i guess is you know it has two attractions one is it's hard to even call it a ride it's it's an experience unlike anything out there rise of the resistance yeah it's the, the whole you know just from i mean you don't have to anymore but even just from like getting the boarding pass like it's an experience mm-hmm. you know you have to do ridiculous things to even get the boarding pass and then they call it and you're like oh like let's go we're getting in there and then like it i don't know how, if that's how you guys had experienced it but like for me like literally from getting the boarding pass to experiencing the actual ride portion of it was an experience and like getting harassed by the first order and like seeing the the pre-show stuff and getting in that space like the without giving too much away it's it's incredible the whole thing it's it's hard to call it like a ride because it's just the whole thing is a ridiculous experience but then you also have millennium falcon smugglers run which very cool very cool i remember 
walking into the Millennium Falcon for the first time and thinking like, I'm in it. I'm in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. And then this, the experience is kind of determined based off of the people you're with. 100%. Yeah. I think having some, a, a healthy mix of, you know, a couple, maybe like how Toy Story Land has an e-ticket attraction and Slinky Dog Dash, a mid-level attraction that's still very fun in Midway Mania, and then kind of a filler thing with alien swirling saucers, having, you know, something like that with also having, you know, some sort of character experience, a couple like where maybe some characters just walk around in a world where we don't have to wear masks anymore. They wander around and interact with guests. And then there's you know, maybe like a side, a, a small stage show where you can see characters doing certain things, stuff like that, where you can interact, like you to see things that would happen like the, like you were in a movie. I, I th- a th- I th- no, yeah, you're good. No, I, th- I think that it's a really good idea, actually. And, you know, when it came to Rise of the Resistance, Greg, you've been on Rise of the Resistance, right? Yeah. Yep. Was it yeah. Your first time just on your past trip or before that no well i wrote it at disneyland mm. okay that makes more sense but okay. it's the, it's the same ride yeah because there are so many people where especially like when we were working at oscars where they would be complaining about not getting the board pass or or like didn't understand how it worked like they're yeah. like why can't i just go stand in the line and they're like it's an attraction you guys are really making it this big of a deal and i'm like ma'am you don't understand mm-hmm. this is huge it's like the opening of a land and then several months later they opened up this ride and this Which ride also, is not a ride. It is a 27 minute total experience. Like this is mm-hmm. not like, this isn't just some kitty coaster. Like this is, right. this is huge. Exactly. And it, and not even like, cause I, I don't remember how long the great movie ride was, but it was this, and I'm not, like I said, not trying to criticize, but it was the same thing the whole time you got in the ride car, you went through kind of like, dark ride-esque style whereas rise it's everything you have pre-show um you know element where you just like are briefed and then you have where you move into like it's called like pre-show two where you're in this in the spaceship and then it it, whatever i still don't understand how any of that works because that (laughs) blows my and i and listen i've watched enough videos on it it's still just like i think my brain wants to be ignorant about it to just like stay into that like oh it's just the coolest thing ever oh yeah but um you know then you walk into that um whatever it's a starfighter or whatever it's called where you see all the all the stormtroopers you're just like these they're all bowing up on me like you're you're in it like you are taken and I don't remember if it's different now because of COVID, but I remember the first time when like we were waiting to be interrogated and I, I felt like I was back in basic training. Like these, these first order folks were on me, dude. And I'm like laughing, like then they're like yelling at me. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Like, I don't want, I don't want none of these problems. I've been here before. Um, and it's just the whole, it's, it's got all these, and even like the ride itself has different, you know, it's fast and it's slow. And then you're, you know, you're creeping and then you're up and then you're down and, and you're doing all these different things. It's, There's so much going on in that ride. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest issue with that from like a, um, not the experience, it's that it can only 
hold a small number of people. I, there's like a, the the turnaround for how many like guests it can it can um, have push, like push per through hour within a day. Through. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very small in comparison. To, even like Ratatouille, I guess like does like double the numbers that Rise does, and it's because it's just, maybe that's not an accurate number, but um, it can push out more, and that's so there's that coupled with the fact that it it is down a lot because it's so technologically advanced it just it creates a lot of issues which is another downfall of um rise because if you can hold a lot of guests in that 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 does crowd control as well um so you have less guests like wandering around going oh like those mountains are cool like what else can i do here i can get a ronto wrap i can buy a lightsaber i can buy this i can wander around the marketplace and look at like one store like it, it just feels like there should be more there yeah As a, two rides definitely isn't enough i think that they mm. should have had minimum of three and then at least one like i'll call it a kitty coaster like a, a, a kid ride i guess we could say yeah. you know because I mean, Smuggler's Run might be a little a little too much for the younger younger kids, and then Rise of the Resistance also. Like, if Smuggler's mm-hmm. Run is going to be too much, Rise of the Resistance might be a little overstimulating for really really young kids. So it would have been nice to, um, like you know how they have like the Hippogriff ride at Harry Potter World. Yep. For mm-hmm. Kids, that's what they needed in Star Wars in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, if um, for no other reason than just get people doing more things. Oh, absolutely. I remember, and I don't, again, I don't remember the full numbers, but when they originally announced uh, Galaxy's Edge, the budget was like double what they ended up having, and they cut a lot of different things out. And a criticism that people have had of the Galactic Star Cruiser is that it's basically just like, it's just all the ideas that got cut from Galaxy's Edge, and they're trying to put it into a hotel, Mm -hmm. which that's an entirely different can of worms. Oh yeah. 100%. But it looks like it, it looks like with what we're, I feel like I'm slowly maybe kind of figuring out what Disney's wanting to do with this. So called what we call it identity crisis. It seems like instead of showing us how movies are made and, and what they do to create a movie, it, it's almost like they're switching over to putting us in the movie. So I feel like I'm, you know, talking about it more out loud and, and not thinking about it inside my own head and hearing you guys' thoughts, I feel like this I- identity crisis is, is kind of being solved, at least in my head. Just slowly but surely. Yeah. I just feel like they're more so trying to put us in the actual experience, in the actual movie. Like, hey, you've seen this movie. Now we're going to put you in it as best as we can instead of showing you how it was made and, and what we do to make it look like this behind the scenes and, and whatnot. Does that make sense? Kind of, yeah. And that's kind of like the theme of Runaway Railway too, is it's like you're in the cartoon. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. Yep. yeah. I was going to say Mickey and Minnie end up having trouble and then we got to go save them with Goofy. And then, well, man, I don't really remember how that they ride They cause goes. all the trouble. They kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they cause say, all the trouble. Pluto saves the day in every scene. Humble brag, yeah. not a big. That's deal. right. Mickey yeah. and Minnie accidentally run into the the track switcher, and then we go off mm-hmm. the rails. Oh no! It's oh, heads bobbling no. like that, man. <laughs> One thing I do want to say, and I 
I love that Hollywood Studios does this, but <clears throat> it hasn't been happening this much at Disney. You got to step it up. The interaction with the cast members and like the pre-shows is amazing. And like that needs to stay. It needs to happen more. I remember when I was on my college program, the first time I rode, rode Rock and Roller Coaster, I was like so ready to hear the like, hey, Steve, how about some backstage passes? And like the lady didn't say it. And I was like, bro what like <laughs> and like the, the the kid that I was with it was like some kid that I did um the uh I don't remember who I was with I was with someone who like I was affiliated with at work I can't remember but they, but like they said it to me and I'm like yeah aren't they supposed to say that and, just, and they were like yeah I don't, I don't know um but I'm like like I like that is stuff I need and there's one for Mickey and Minnie's that like it's mm-hmm. kind of cool they like talk to Goofy and and I like that yeah yeah i I agree when when they do play in on that it definitely does make the the ride experience a lot different the last time i did go go ahead greg it makes it more real like yeah exactly it's it's not just like a video that i'm watching it makes it Mm -hmm. more real of like i'm actually interacting with what's going on on the screen Mm -hmm. yep there's a cast member i don't know his name but he has been at tower of terror since it opened i know who you're talking about 1994 and like I said, I don't know his name, but he is like, he's like the, like the embodiment of the ride. And it's, yeah, he's got a blue name tag. Like him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't know, know he, his name. He always makes like, like the creepy face and interacts. He's like, yeah. he's, he's amazing. Yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's famous. I don't know. Yeah. It's not, not that famous. I don't know his name, but uh, <laughs> 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 no, it's just because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but um no he uh yeah that stuff it like the stuff like that is what needs to keep happening oh 100 i agree and and before before we call it for this episode i there is one more question gray i also want your input too because i don't think i've asked this question on that last episode with uh hollywood studios if they were to expand one more land or they were just to expand for like one more project what do you think would be a good project just like off the top of your heads? You mean an entirely new park or an, an expansion to a park we already have? No, just uh, off of Hollywood Studios. So you know oh, how okay. they did Toy Story Land, Galaxy's yeah. Edge, et cetera, you know? Like what do you think would be another good section to expand with? I personally think there's two options. Um, and... One of them has kind of already started, but there's nowhere to go just because of where this area is located. Um, but I think The Incredibles needs something. Um, like that movie and now like the second movie, like the franchise is so strong. Um, and the fact that it literally just has an Edna mode meet and greet in Disney World, like in Florida is just kind of like... Again, doesn't stuck. make sense. Yeah, it's it's random. It's just taking up space like... They need to do something do better with there. that. Um, and then the other one is Monsters, Inc. Like, they could do something with that. Those are my two. It's funny that you had said that because I was thinking in my head, like, a Pixar land, like a Pixar area mm-hmm. where they could, you know, and maybe it does replace the Muppets area, but, like, where you have just Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, like, other elements from and and, you know maybe incorporating some new things too but like those are some 
those two examples specifically because you have the like the Mike and Sully meet and greet if that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you have the picks the Municiburg or whatever um with the Adna Mode meet and greet. Like those are things that people still go to. Like giving big fuzzy uh Sully like a big a big hug is amazing. And you know, seeing the Adna Mode, people love going to see Adna Mode. So why not make that it's a beloved movie they are beloved movie franchises people love pixar you know like inside out you know another big one that people love um take that stuff and put guests into scenarios where you feel like you are interacting with those characters you're involved in their story so you guys both agree that they should do something pixar related at least pixar related yeah, I mean, I personally would just pick one thing because you don't want it to just be like a carbon copy of like Pixar Pier at Disneyland because like yeah, that's what it is. Like, you have the Incredicoaster, you have there's like an Inside Out thing, there's a Monsters Inc. ride. Like you don't want it to just be like the exact same thing. Um, but I just think Pixar, like we have Toy Story Land, but like since Toy Story, Pixar has done so many things um and there's just no representation of it like in magic kingdom you have the merida meet and greet but like merida's the only pixar princess like she deserves more than what she has but of course we have like rapunzel and tiana that both deserve more too so um that's like a whole other topic though so that is a very different topic but yes yeah all right i I think that's a pretty good stopping point before or anything else? Do, do we have anything else that we wanted to say before we close out on this episode? I think if we do, we'll just keep going on we'll tangents. Keep go- it'll make sense. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, it'll just, the rabbit hole will just get deeper. As I yeah. say, it's, it's too easy to talk about it. But yeah, we'll go. Yeah. I guess we'll go ahead and uh, close out there. I found a good stopping point. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, at The Goofy Scoop. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at the Goofy Scoop. Make sure to like our post. We try to post at least once a week. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. And uh, Mike, thank you for being our special guest on on this episode today. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, thank you for listening, and uh, have a good one. Bye.